In 2020, we had a very strange virus hit all over the world. It came to my attention on March 11th when they shut down all the NCAA basketball tournaments in the United States and when the NBA canceled their season and the baseball major league canceled their spring training and everything, even the PGA, shut down in the United States. Uh, Nothing like that's ever been seen before to my knowledge. I was listening to a report on CNN. The newscaster said, the churches will be closed this weekend. So you will just have to pray at home. I was shocked. I laughed. And I thought, how peculiar. I pray wherever I am. doesn't matter where I am. But then I was reminded of something. The Holy Spirit reminded me of a point in my life before I was born again. One of my two roommates got cancer. She was diagnosed as having terminal cancer. I was there at the hospital when the doctor came out from the surgery and he said, we'll try to make her as comfortable as possible. It was really bad. I went downtown in Dallas where I lived at that time and went to the First Methodist Church. They had a little prayer room or a chapel I don't remember which they called it, but I went there to pray for Betty. I suppose I thought it would be more religious to do that. Remembering I was not born again then. I had been baptized in water, but I wasn't born of the Spirit of God. Thinking about that, I just thought of how many people today think you have to go to a church building to pray or a chapel to pray or have to get down in front of a cross to pray and things like that. And God began calling to my attention some scriptures on this subject. The key scripture is in John chapter 4. It was Jesus when he was passing through Samaria. Verse 5, And then cometh he, Jesus, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me? which am a woman of Samaria. 
for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto Jesus, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go and call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that said thou truly. Then the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The true worshipers. There are many worshipers, but who are the true worshipers? That's the question. Living in the United States, and especially living in the southern states of the United States, I just hardly ever met anyone who didn't go to some church, Christian-type church. But who are the true worshipers? I lived in Lubbock, Texas for 19 years, and I never met anyone that I felt was a true Christian, and I hardly ever met anyone who identified themselves as being anything but a Christian. 
but I didn't see it. I just didn't see them living by the Spirit of God. I didn't see them turning to God in faith or praying to God in faith, and I did not see them following Scripture. You can't be a true Christian without following Scripture. They had their churches they went to. They had, some of them had altars they'd built in their homes of crosses and candles and pictures and stuff. They worshipped in the flesh. They worshipped as most people think of it, like this news, newscaster. They think of going to a building made by human hands with all types of stained glass work or statues or pillars or stuff like that. They worship in the flesh, in what they can see with their eyes. There was a man in our church group years ago, and he went to some type of meeting, church meeting. He came back just raving about how wonderful it was. After a few hours or days or talking to him several times, I finally woke up and said, what was so wonderful about it? And he said, oh, at the head table, they had three large crosses covered with flowers. And that's what he thought was wonderful. Well, he's not in our group anymore. He worshiped God in the flesh. There was a Baptist woman in Clovis, New Mexico. Her husband died. And she called me and invited me to come over to her house to see the memorial that she had built for Jesus. To see the memorial she had built for Jesus. She had taken her husband's den and cleared out a bookcase and built a memorial for Jesus. This is so fleshly. I did not go to her house. I don't think I ever talked to that woman after that. There's another woman that I came across in Lubbock, Texas, and she was so excited because she had bought a grave for herself at a cemetery. And she and the pastor of the church had gone out there and had crackers and grape juice at her gravesite. So fleshly. Crackers and grape juice are not the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is partaking of the Word of God. It has nothing to do with crackers and grape juice as millions and millions and millions of churchgoers will partake on Sunday morning at their churches. It's how you handle the Word of God. That's the Lord's Supper. It has nothing to do with crackers and grape juice. This woman was so fleshly Another woman, I told something on radio when I was on radio in Lubbock. I told a story of something that happened at the house I lived in in Clovis, New Mexico. I had built a house for myself and my mother. I went to the contractor when he was framing the house and I said, I'd like to know if you could put two windows in the back of the house at this spot where he was framing and he said oh no I can't do that and I said oh okay so I paid no more attention to it a week or so after that I was driving down the back side of the house and I looked up and he had put those two windows in there just exactly where I wanted them and I thought well look at there and when I saw him I said I see you put 
those windows that I wanted in the back of the house. And he said, no, no, I didn't do that. A strong wind came the night after you asked me to do that and blew those openings into the house at that exact area. And I said, well, can we put windows there? And he said, well, I guess so. I knew God had done that because I wanted it. I told that on my radio broadcast, and this woman called me and said, I'm going to Clovis next week. I want to go see the house where the miracle occurred. I said, that is so ungodly. To visit Jesus' tomb in Jerusalem, you call that the Holy Land? Are you calling the nation of Israel that's on this earth the Holy Land where they deny Jesus? This is nuts. The Holy Land, there's a new heaven and a new earth that comes down from heaven in the last days. And all of the righteous ones will be taken to the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. That is in uh, Revelation 21. This current nation of Israel is not the Holy Land. This is nuts. They don't even call Jesus Lord. Not that that makes it a holy land to call Jesus Lord because the church is called Jesus Lord and they don't follow the scriptures. They're all unholy. And to visit the tomb of Jesus, there's a woman in our church group who years ago went with Marilyn Hickey to visit Jerusalem. She went on a tour with that bunch and she got to the tomb of Jesus and they let them go in it. And while she was in there, she heard, What are you doing here? He's not here, he's risen. And she realized she didn't have to go all the way from Seattle, Washington, or Denver, Colorado. I think she was living in Denver at that time. She didn't have to go to Jerusalem to see the tomb of Jesus. She could worship God right there in her house in Denver. That's what Jesus is talking about. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. They don't worship by their eyes. You don't have to go to a church building to worship Jesus. In fact, most churches today pervert scripture and won't even follow small portions of scripture such as the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I've never heard that spoken at a church. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. The man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. They have fallen away from Scripture and have gone after Antichrist. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, I can well imagine the CNN man saying, being shocked that you would have to stay home and pray. That you couldn't go to the church building because of this virus that's going around. I was so shocked the first day I heard about this virus, which was probably March 11th, and I listened to the newscast on March 11th, and they 
made an announcement of the various closings of the schools and the sporting events. And then they said, and the Catholic Church Diocese has announced they will not be opening for Friday prayers. And I just thought, this is absolutely amazing. This shows what they think of their Friday prayers. For of all the things they should be doing at that time, if they were really serious, is praying. But they were canceling their Friday prayers. Well, that Catholic Church is such an abomination. If you don't see that, you're really blind. There is no place in the New Testament where you're told to cross yourself and trust in that. There is no place that you are told in the New Testament to build these statues and put them in your church buildings. Those are graven images. There are 47 references in the Old Testament forbidding the graven images. You're doing exactly the opposite when you set up something like that. When you set up something you can see with your natural eyes and bow down to it, that's exactly opposite to what the Bible teaches. Even in the Old Testament, they didn't do that. Oh, there's so many things wrong in the churches. So many things being taught wrong in the churches. But, of course, the news people would associate the church building as being the church. The church building is not the church. The person who has the Spirit of God in him, his body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we, as individuals, are the church. I went to a museum luncheon in Lubbock. We were sitting on a second, the second floor of a building in downtown Lubbock, and across from it was First Methodist Church building. A woman proudly pointed at the church building and said, That's my church. And I said, We are the church. She became very angry. And she said to me, I'm not the church. I'm not the church. She says, we're the church. And she was so angry. I thought, well, she probably isn't the church, but I am. People think that building is the church. And maybe some of the baby Christians think that. As I thought about Recording these things, I was thinking about um, the early church in Acts and how they met at homes, often met at homes. The synagogue still existed where the Jews were, and some of the Jewish believers would go into the synagogues and preach Jesus. They could even preach Jesus in the synagogues. Of course, the high priest got after them and put them in prison when they did that. But they were free to do it. You're not even free to speak in the churches today. If Jesus was sitting in your church group today that you attend, if he was sitting there today, do you think they would let him speak? Or do they only let a few approved men on the platform speak? 
Is any opening given at that 11 o'clock service for the Holy Spirit to speak? Did you know that Paul told us that when we gather in the church, he says, how is it then when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 26. Every one of you, the Holy Spirit could speak through whom he willed. He can't today. I've never been to a church where the Holy Spirit could speak at the 11 o'clock service through whomever he willed. They have it kind of shut off to keep anyone from speaking except those who are approved by their church group. Therefore, I say that Jesus could not speak at those services if he appeared on Sunday. They wouldn't let him speak. I've been to a Sunday school class where the man let us speak. He said he would always say at every Sunday school class at some point when he was teaching, he would say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And we were free to do what Paul said to do. We were free at that moment to give word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or to give a doctrine, or an interpretation. That's the closest I've ever been to what Paul said had to happen when we gather as the church. Now all these scriptures that I'm speaking to you today will be printed on our blog Jesus Ministries Exhortation. So you can go to our blog and see all these scriptures printed. And you can look at the scriptures and make decisions. Again, the name of that blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. The word podcast is on the right-hand side of the home page. Click on podcast and you can bring up this broadcast and see all the scriptures that I have spoken. Back to the subject of the early church. It met in homes very often. Acts chapter 16 verse 1. Paul said, I commend unto you Phoebe our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sincheia, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer of many, assistant of many. She has assisted many, is what he's saying, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Achaia, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that meets in their home, in their house. The church met in houses. There's one story in Acts 1 where the church was gathered together in an upper room, and it must have seated about 120 people because uh, uh, Peter it said, well, it says in Acts 1 that there were about 120 at that gathering. But for the most part, they met in homes. 
A few other examples, 1 Corinthians sixteen nineteen, the Church of Asia salute you. Achaia and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Colossians chapter 4, verse 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and the church which is in his house. And in Philemon, verse 2, Paul talks about our beloved Aphia, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. And in Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I'm always with the church. At this point in time, I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado, with Pam Paget. Uh, she took me in after I had a serious accident, and I'm currently 82 years old, and she provided a bedroom for me, and she definitely is the church. Jesus is in the midst of us anytime we're sitting there talking about things of God. That's what this means. You can talk on the telephone with another true believer, and Jesus is in the midst of you. I consider every one of our blogs to be a church service because our blogs have things of God on it. One time I had a dream and I went to a very large church building and entered the building. The downstairs area was completely filled. I went up into the balcony there was one seat available behind a pole which was holding up the roof. I sat down in that seat and a woman in front of me turned and said, you can't see much from that seat. And I replied to her, oh, there's never much to see at these places anyway. The truth. They've set up the church to keep people from speaking. And they have only a few approved people speaking at those churches. You might occasionally hear something that's of God. But basically, they're set up to keep the Holy Spirit from speaking to the congregation through whomsoever God wills. As Paul said to do in 1 Corinthians 14.26. I tried for a great many decades to find a church group that I could attend. Occasionally you can find a little Bible class on Sunday morning before the main gathering, and occasionally there will be an opening there for the Holy Spirit to speak through whom he wills. And you, those are exciting meetings. There used to be a Wednesday night service Decades ago, they used to have a Wednesday night service where they had testimonies and people shared as the Spirit of God led them. They shared their witness. They shared what God had shown them. And that was very exciting. But these stage productions at churches today, they don't have much of 
God in them. That's just what man is made up for the most part. And often they deny the scriptures and they will not even permit certain scriptures to be spoken because they want big groups and they want to be popular and you cannot be popular and have big groups if you speak scriptures in Romans 1 about homosexuals and lesbians, in 1 Corinthians 6 about the subject of adulterers and fornicators who will not inherit the kingdom of God if they continue in those sins. Most churches today don't even speak about sins because it would not be popular. They want to do a type of doctrine which is believe in Jesus and you everything's okay. They have tossed out the entire New Testament Bible and all the rules of the New Testament. And they've done it under the perverted thinking that we don't live under the law anymore. We don't live under the law of Moses where they sacrificed animals for sins. But we still are supposed to live by the rules of the New Testament Bible for they, there is no rule book except the New Testament Bible. That's all we have. So don't be deceived by this. Don't be deceived by this gospel where you can live in any form of sin and it's okay, just say Jesus is Lord. That is not going to work. At the day of judgment, you're going to be sadly shocked with the others. For there is a horrible time coming upon this earth. If you think this virus is bad, Stick around. You haven't seen anything yet. And if you want to see what's coming, go to Revelation chapter 8 and start reading about the plagues that God is bringing upon this present earth. For they are coming. Read from Revelation 8 through Revelation 16 and you'll see all the different plagues that are going to be brought by God. What we're seeing with this 2020 virus is nothing compared to what's going to happen at that time. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.